CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. They were called the Black Battalion, Canada's only all-black military unit to serve in World War I. Despite their willingness to fight for this country, they were subjected to hate and racism. While they recently received an apology from the federal government, Sandy Rinaldo explores just how much has changed in Canada's military 100 years later. It was a day more than a century in the making. Canada's military personnel, their families, the Minister of National Defence, even the Prime Minister. Thank you, everyone, for gathering here in Truro for such an important event. Together to commemorate a largely forgotten part of Canada's military history, a time shrouded in secrecy. Which really speaks to why we're here today. Nothing exists of the place where it all began, Africville, Nova Scotia, a community demolished by the city of Halifax in the late 1960s. For more than 150 years, it was a place where black men and women fleeing hatred and racism in the U.S. settled, hoping to find sanctuary. But Canada didn't welcome them with open arms. Life was harsh as Blair Dixon recalls from things his father told him. What did he tell you about growing up? My father, from um, what I understand, is that uh, it was a very difficult life for him as, as a youngster and as an old man and all in between. Blair's memories of his father are fuzzy, but he does have a childhood image he will never forget. November 11, 1941 watching George Dixon get ready for the Remembrance Day Parade. He would spend a whole lot of time pressing his own pants and uh, pressing his shirt and the tie and all sorted out. And when he marched down the street, he marched with pride. And uh, so much so I, I can remember as a youngster, walking down the street as Papa walked down, feeling his pride. But Blair doesn't only feel pride when he thinks of his father, he also feels pain. Pain that George was refused entry into the regular military as part of Canada's war effort. At the height of the First World War in 1916, he was assigned to a segregated unit known as Number 2 Construction Battalion, or the Black Battalion. The black men were refused enlistment. They were not accepted into the army at that time by the government. It was shortly after that when they realized they needed these men. And so the plan was to form an all black regiment. It would take a while to establish, but eventually, George was one of 500 other black soldiers who were stationed in France near the Swiss border. Assigned backbreaking labor, tree cutting, building roads, laying railway tracks to move urgently needed supplies to the front lines. 
What did he tell you about that time? Yeah, he didn't say anything. I know it's hard to believe, yeah. but it's literally nothing, 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 nothing. Literally nothing is the last thing someone desperate to learn their family history wants to hear. But that's exactly what Blair told his son, Lance. So when I asked your dad what he knew about his father's involvement in the Black Battalion, and he said, literally nothing. <laughs> How does that make you feel? It, it makes me feel sad. Uh, that he wasn't able to be enriched by his own story. This was taken later. Blair wasn't the only one who knew literally nothing. I wanted to know the story, and yet I, I didn't want to know the story, because it would mean probably something about needing to, to own some kind of a struggle or something in the past, and I just didn't want anything to do with that. Now, isn't this something, right? This is a record of service, the Canadian yeah, Armed Forces, yeah, yeah, right? something? Together, Lance and Blair are learning more about George Dixon, how he encountered racism when he tried to enlist during the First World War. Date and place of appointment, November 29th, 1916. George's military file doesn't offer any clues about why he never talked about the war, but every descendant of the Black Battalion W5 spoke to had the same story. They didn't know anything about the regiment, making the number two construction battalion possibly Canada's best kept military secret. So this is... This is a photo of my uncle, William Andrew White. Canadian actor and filmmaker Anthony Sherwood thinks he knows why so few are aware of the separate unit for black soldiers. Racism is ugly and difficult to talk about. And his great uncle, Reverend White, saw it firsthand when black men were rejected by recruiting officers across Canada. He decided to do something about it. He wrote to community leaders all across the country and got them to get involved in this petition to get black Canadian men involved. By 1916, pressure from Reverend White and other black leaders, combined with growing casualties in the battlefield, led to a compromise. The Department of Defense and militia decided to allow black men into the military as long as they were in a segregated battalion. That same year, a young coronet player named George Dixon walked into the local recruiting office in St. John, New Brunswick and became a member of the Black Battalion Band. He went on to encourage others to enlist. Literally marched through the center of the town, rallying people together and urging them to join. And my grandfather was a part of that. Very clever way to get people to join the army, it, it, right? It, it was right. back then. I mean, hey, you want, you want it, you know, strike a parade. By March 1917, almost 600 black soldiers set sail for England and France, along with the only black chaplain in the entire British Armed Forces, filmmaker Anthony Sherwood's great uncle, Reverend White. And that is where the story could end, if it wasn't for this, a diary. Reverend White's detailed account of everything that happened to the men overseas. Once I read the diary, I said, I have to tell this story because I think he wrote this diary for a reason. I think he wanted people to know what was going on. 
Never in my life have I seen such a sorry lot of military men. You darkies had better smarten up if you want to remain in this unit. Honor Before Glory, Anthony's 2002 docudrama, is based on his great uncle's diary. And what it reveals is a shocking story of racism within the Canadian military. Black soldiers going without proper clothing and care. At times, things got so bad, men died. And when they got sick, the white doctors refused to take care of them. And your great uncle wrote about that. Absolutely. That's stunning. Soldiers like Private John Mansfield, who got so ill, Reverend White took him to the hospital. Then, two days later, writing in his diary. Mansfield returned from hospital. Doctor says he is faking. And six days later, Reverend White's final entry about Private Mansfield. Mansfield died at 9.50 a.m. Now they think he was not faking. The military didn't keep this kind of documentation, did they? They did, but I'm going to tell you how uh, it's interpreted. For example, if a soldier gets sick and white officers or white doctors refuse to take care of him and that soldier dies, in the military records is written, private so-and-so died of pneumonia. More than two dozen soldiers from the Black Battalion died during the First World War. Many suffered and lost their lives at the hands of the very people they were fighting with. My great uncle, he says, I used to think I did not want to die, but when work and worry get a hold of you, death is sweet. Hmm. And I thought, what a statement to make from a Baptist minister, a man who believes in God. for him to say that, that, uh, that hit me. Hello, Nova Scotia. The day has finally come. After years of pressure, the federal government finally apologized to black Canadians for the mistreatment of the soldiers of the black battalion. In July of 2022, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he was sorry for denying members of number two construction battalion the care and support they deserved. We are sorry. It wasn't a closure, but it was an acknowledgement that yes, the black community, black Canadians contributed to the first world war for this country. For Lance Dixon, who made the trip from Calgary, Alberta, the apology was deeply personal. Just like his dad and his grandfather, Lance carries the burden of racism. Could you imagine, Sandy, every day of your life having carry that anxiety of every building I go into, am I going to be treated with suspicion? That's what racial discrimination does to the heart and the mind of the person suffering it for so long. And that apology was a moment to say you can let that go. So it was a turning point for you. It was a turning point for your father. Oh, it was. And I couldn't be more grateful as a son to see him just give himself that permission to do it. Because I know he's been carrying it for so long. You've been carrying it, too. You carry the weight of your father and your grandfather. I see it in your eyes. Well, I care about them, you know, and it is part of my story. 
and for Lance's father, Blair, who came all the way from Regina, Saskatchewan at age 86. The apology included a handshake from the Prime Minister. While Blair says he is grateful, he can't help but feel it's too little too late for the one man who needed to hear it the most. As your father's representative today, do you think he would accept that apology and say, that's good enough for me? My father had a tough life. It was tough when I was young, but I grew out of that. Papa didn't have a chance to grow out of that. And if they at that time, with my father and those guys, said, and we're going to do something about this, now my father would say, hallelujah. But for me to speak for my father now, I won't, I won't even try. I won't even try. Coming up. The military police are continuing with their investigation. The ever-changing face of hate. They're challenging those principles that most of us think do define Canada. When W5 continues. It was a history-making day. For the first time ever, the federal government apologized to the black community of Canada. For the blatant anti-black hate and systemic racism that denied these men dignity in life and in death, we are sorry. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, sorry for the treatment of soldiers in a segregated black battalion during the First World War. For many, it was a moment of healing and redemption. The Canadian government finally admitting what happened all those years ago was wrong. A unit set apart, deprived of services, care, and respect. The apology was important to Leo Vem. He's still raw from his own military service. But getting together for breakfast every Saturday with some of his veteran buddies certainly helps. Haven't seen you in forever, brother. Leo retired from the armed forces in 2016, exactly 100 years after the formation of the Black Battalion. How much has changed since then? Nothing. You look at the Canadian Armed Forces today, there's very few blacks. So, nothing's changed. There's something about being on the water that must be peaceful in contrast to what it was like for you when you were Oh, very peaceful. In the yeah? yeah, take the boat out and just go sit out there. After retiring at age 52, Leo put down roots not too far from his family home in Africville near Halifax. He'd prefer to put the racism he experienced during his 30 years in the Navy behind him. In fact, he still says serving for Canada was the best experience of his life. How many people can say they've been to Australia? Okay. How many people have gone diving with great white sharks? Okay. I climbed mountains in Afghanistan. But even though there were good times, Leo says the discrimination began shortly after he joined the armed forces in 1986. There are people out there that don't like you because of the color of your skin. That's basically it. And unfortunately, they're higher rank than you. 
So sometimes when they open their mouth, you get in trouble because you opened your mouth back and stood up to them. Because you felt that you were being put down. I was being disrespected. Because of the color of your skin. Yes. That racism became a real threat when Leo was deployed to Bosnia in 1994 as a leading seaman for the Canadian Navy. My boss came and grabbed me. I mean, I'm thinking, geez, I haven't done anything. What the hell's going on? And in um, the bathroom, someone had wrote on the wall, join the White Boys Club, hang leading seaman Vem. Hang Leo Vem. He was shocked. From that day forward, Leo slept with his gun under his pillow. I had no problem sleeping with my nine mil then. Because you thought someone was going to come after you? Because the enemy is, is right next to right door to me, yeah. right? I don't know who the enemy is. The military police are continuing with their investigation. on the Leo's enemy known as racism made front page news in the early 90s when members of Canada's elite airborne beat a Somali teenager to death, causing the regiment to disband. Look at that, you're flipping our flag upside down. And again, when Canadian soldiers affiliated with the white nationalist Proud Boys disrupted an indigenous protest in Halifax. Time and time again, incidents of racism in the military. Barb Perry isn't surprised. She's the director of the Center on Hate, Bias and Extremism and is about to do the first study on right-wing extremists in the Canadian Armed Forces. So they're ready to defend themselves, prepared to defend the country from incursions, from what they see as the invasion of non-white immigrants or the invasion uh, by, uh, by Muslims, uh, for example. They're challenging exactly those principles that most of us think do define Canada. Respect for diversity, inclusion, uh, equity, uh, those sorts of pieces, that's exactly their target. Barb says white supremacists also want to keep the history of the Black Battalion a secret to perpetuate the myth that black soldiers never served in the First World War. I think they see that as an anomaly, as something that was not authentic. And I think that they, they challenge that recognition of the struggles that black communities face and that black people who are serving continue to face. Canada's Minister of National Defense, Anita Anand, pledged to make things better at the apology to the black battalion. And I am committed to eliminating systemic racism so that the discrimination faced by the number two construction battalion and those who followed never happens again. Her report on racism and discrimination in Canada's armed forces, released in April 2022, exposed a racist underbelly in the armed forces. Soldiers of color never make it to senior leadership. 100% of generals are white men. You talked about the need to eliminate racism and hatred, and you made a promise to family members at that apology that you would try to change the culture of the Canadian military. They've heard those promises before. How are your promises going to make a difference? Look at me. I'm a racialized minority woman sitting in the chair of the Minister of National Defense. I know discrimination. It's not the same story as others have, but I have experienced it, and I think that I am well-placed to continue to execute on the mission of cultural reform 
and the eradication of discrimination in the Canadian Armed Forces. But Leo Vemp is not so optimistic the minister can live up to her promises. No. Because? How many black people are in the military? Not very many. How many white people in the military? From what we see, the vast majority. Exactly. I understand why he does not have faith in the prospect and the potential for change. Every single person needs to take this issue on board themselves and in their daily lives ensure that they are treating everyone with the respect and the dignity and the integrity that they deserve when they join the Canadian Armed Forces and they put on a uniform to serve our country. Lots of good memories down here. And that team effort is something Leo and Minister Anand can agree on. Leo believes that if senior leadership can step aside and black soldiers can stick it out, they'll win the war against racism in the Canadian Armed Forces and the hate and segregation of Canada's little-known black battalion becomes part of this country's troubled past and the apology makes a difference. You take a little bit of crap, you keep your head up, you go forward, and you advance. Get yourself in a position where you're in charge. When you're in charge, things will be better. The preliminary report on right-wing extremism in Canada's military is due in the spring of 2023. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.